everyone, and welcome back to A Theater Near You. I am your host, Chris Randazzo, and joined this evening, as always, by a scuba diving mouse, Paul Giroux. Ah, you you introduced me as the scuba diving mouse? That was the only thing I didn't want to be introduced by. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, uh, you can be uh, Class Clown Gary Cooter. Ah, uh, Class Clown Gary Cooter. So, he sa- what does he say? He says, uh, <laughs> my, my poem, here's my poem about chicks. Uh, sometimes I think that I'm so far below them. Sometimes I think that I'm so far above them. If I was a caveman, I'd probably club them. Gary Cooter. (laughs) Never to be seen again. (laughs) That character didn't go anywhere. And baseball coach who's clearly never played a sport a day in his life, Sean Doyle. No shit, Mr. Einstein! See, see, I thought you were going to go with, uh, uh, the first, first comes the women, then comes the whiskey. That's the (laughs) devil's double whammy. (laughs) That is what they say. This month's letter was Z, concluding our first run of the alphabet, sort of, and we foolishly went with Sean's pick, Zapped. Has there ever been a more frivolous misuse of godlike powers? Let's find out. But first... How's everybody doing? No, no, we don't get to talk about how we're doing. I got conservatively 26 pages of notes about this movie. We, and we I just need, watched this movie, so we know how we're doing. I need yeah, Sean to answer true. for every single one of these notes. That I, <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. All right. He's not the one who voted for the movie. That was us. No, no, I will not take responsibility for this. We've all been hiding behind that bullshit line for... 26 letters now. All right, and let's get let's get the nonsense out of the uh, way. Wait, wait, uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you how I'm doing because it, it can be quick. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to talk about it when we talk about how we watch this movie. But um, mm-hmm. I couldn't find this movie anywhere. Uh, it's because it isn't anywhere, it, which is good. Like it seems that like society is trying to erase this, and that <laughs> that seems like the right choice. Um, but thanks to you, Chris and Evan, who was kind enough to add me to his Plex server, I was then able to watch the movie, for better or worse. I mean, I, it might have been better if I just hadn't watched it. <laughs> we we still did the podcast. But, um, but uh, yeah, I'm still figuring out this Plex server thing. Like, I don't, I don't know that I uh, understand it and how it works and why. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, we were, like, we've been, like, checking it out and being like, all right, well, like, do we cancel HBO? Like, how do we do this, right? So... I was flipping through it and we were kind of exploring it and Nate comes down and Nate's like, what is this? And then I had oh. to sort of like explain what it was. And he, Nate goes, so he made his own TV app. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess so. And Nate's Kinda? like, that's amazing. And he's like, <laughs> you could put anything in there from any channel. And I was like, I guess we just have to ask him. And he's like, that's amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so apparently, uh, Evan, I don't know if you listen to this, but in my house, you are um, apparently a uh, mystical sorcerer that is being celebrated every day. So thanks. Well, dude. today is Evan's birthday. So I, I bet he'll be very happy. Happy to hear that. birthday, Evan. Happy birthday, Evan. Well, I'll uh, I'll jump in on what I've been doing real quick. Uh, in addition to all the work that I'm supposed to be doing, I have, I, for years, for years, I have had a problem with Syphil and Ollie, and that is that the first season is completely garbled out of order. It's just, it's the, the actual 
chron chronology of season one of Symphonality is borked out of this world. So I had this thought over the years that I would love to like take the show and re-edit it in chronological order. Just, you know, take season one, cut out all the duplicated sketches, cut out all the pointless music videos, um, and just uh, restructure it in a way where episode by episode, uh, you know, the the Syphil gets more and more mad at Ollie as he does the new segments, or uh, Ollie gets more and more unhinged as uh, Precious Roy goes on, because the show was like, it does have a trajectory, like things happen and then other things happen that reference those things as it goes on. But in broadcast order, none of that makes any sense. This stuff only <laughs> becomes apparent if you've watched the show a dozen times like I have. In the in the words of Mystery Science Theater, it can't have a story arc because it's a puppet show. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, finally decided um, now that I have my computer and I've been doing a lot of video editing, I'm like, you know what? I can do this now. I'm going to do it. So Evan helped me out a while back uh, in. I bought all of the episodes of Sif and Ollie on Amazon because you can buy the show on Amazon right now uh, in glorious 720p. The problem is, is that they cut out a bunch of it. Um, you know, the episodes are stuffed two together, like two episodes together is one episode. Uh, a lot of the songs are missing because they didn't have the rights to use them. That kind of jazz. Um, so I went through the Internet Archive and I found really high uh, resolution uh, rips of somebody's VHS collection that has all the commercial interstitials, uh, all the previews, the next episodes and everything else in it. It's you know, not no nearly as good as the Amazon stuff, but it's, you know, it's still pretty nice. So what I did was Evan uh, actually went through the whole series for me. He put a capture card uh, and plugged a fire stick into it and just like played all the episodes I bought and recorded them directly to his computer. Uh, since so we could capture all of them in glorious 720p. Now I have all of the files. He missed a couple episodes, so I had to do those myself. I plugged my Apple TV into my capture card. It worked just fine. Um, so I have all the episodes and... I started putting them up on my YouTube channel, and there hasn't been any sort of copyright claim yet, which is great. Uh, I'm like four episodes in, and I, I made this whole spreadsheet trying to restructure the whole series in a way that it makes sense. But today I found fell in this rabbit hole because like there's a, a Syphilinali subreddit that I kind of like poke my head into every now and then, and I said like three years ago that I want to try to do this, and I, since I started it, I decided to jump back in and say, hey. I'm finally doing this, and this other guy jumped in and said, oh my god, somebody's actually doing this. I have a whole spreadsheet about this stuff. So I went to this rabbit hole today trying to match episodes to, like, Ollie wears a specific shirt for, like, five episodes in a row. So, like, the first five episodes, he's wearing an orange shirt, and then the next five episodes, he's wearing a black shirt. And I tried to, like, kind of make sense of that to kind of, like, restructure things in order, but it didn't really work because... They clearly filmed a bunch of the extra segments that led into things like Precious Roy, like way earlier, and then just kind of shuffled it all together. So not all of it can match up. And I figured instead of like every now and then having a shirt out of order, I'd just be like, nah, he just does costume changes all the time because it doesn't look as weird if it's like only once in a blue moon he'll be wearing the wrong shirt instead of like he just changes costumes all the time. But I've put way too much thought into this and I'm going to be very happy about it when it's done. And I hope I did it right. Because, like, I'm not really going to know for sure until I'm watching the whole thing in a row. But I feel pretty confident that I've, uh, that I've come up with the, the optimal season one viewing for Syphil and Ollie. And it's going to be on my YouTube channel exclusively. And I'll get Evan to put it up on the Plex server. You're a nut. 
I yeah, am not. Yeah, I was just thinking, this is the ravings of a madman. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed that show. Uh, I didn't realize there was any kind of story arc. I thought it was just what came on at three in the morning when MTV was still good. And you were up too late and you were a little slap happy and it was wonderful. <laughs> I had no idea there was a, a story. Um, and I can't believe that you're spending this much time in your very busy life to uh, do this. I'm, I'm, so, the, I'm picturing you with like a, like a big murder board, you know, like a big, mm-hmm. like a board with like, like photos on it at the top. Like who's the suspect? Oh God, that and would like, be so much easier. You know, like a breakdown of like where Syphil and Ali were and then like red and, string and connecting. Strings, to, yeah. And for some reason, one of the pictures up there is Gary Busey. I don't know why, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. He definitely has sock puppet features, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's not like I said. It's not really a story. It's just that things progress. Like you know, in uh, like one of the episodes in the news, Ollie's just like he sees the the weather girl and like she's all depressed and he's like, hey, she's pretty hot. And then like and then another episode, uh, you find out that Ollie slept with the the weather girl. And then and then another episode, uh, Ollie uh, Syphil fired the weather girl and replaced her with a robot because Ollie slept with her. And there's this whole thing about uh, Syphil going out with Serena Altrell. Oh, Which yeah, is, I can't remember that. That runs through the whole season, and then in the last episode, Serena dumps him, and he's all sad. But she's going out with Ollie now, so he's like rubbing in his face. It's it's fascinating stuff to me, and like five other people. But those five other people are like leaving me all these wonderful, happy comments on my YouTube channel. They're like, oh, thank goodness someone's doing this. This looks great. I, yeah. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> how about you? You done anything that stupid, Sean? Uh, my stupid's not at that level this month. Uh, the only two things I have to report on the stupid factor, one, uh, in randomly researching Marvel comics, as I do, uh, I came across, uh, at one point there was an AIM robot that was put undercover to infiltrate the Enclave as a lab assistant named Frank, and that robot's numerical designation MST3K. Aww. Which, that that made me happy. Frank? (laughs) Frank was the the lab assistant. You never got a last name. Uh, I assume Frank was the last name and the first name was TV, but they didn't didn't go into that. (laughs) That's Uh, amazing. Yeah, so that was one little fun nugget that I, I, I found. And then the, uh, the other thing I did that's a little more on focus for our podcast here, I don't think I talked about this last time because I think this was just like two weeks ago, although my sense of time has really fallen apart. Uh, I rewatched all the uh, Cloverfields. Oh, I didn't oh, mention right. this last time. You right? mentioned that when you came over to watch When the I movie, came over yeah. here, but not on the thing. So I, I rewatched all them. I really enjoy the hell out of those movies. And uh, the uh, anybody who hasn't sat and watched all three of them, I say go do it. Lots of people watched the first one and then not the two sequels. The two sequels were very different. Um, not only from the original, which I enjoyed, uh, but also from each other. And you've got to do, and I'm sure there's a million you know, YouTube videos on this, you've got to do a lot of the writing yourself to connect these three things together, I think. Like, it's, it is a, uh, a loosely knit together uh, trio of movies. But each one was like, the third one's uh, an interesting sci-fi movie, um, and the second one's like a suspense thriller, and the first one's basically, you know, it's a Godzilla movie mixed with Blair Witch or whatever, um, but really enjoyable, and uh, I would like them to do a fourth that maybe maybe actually t- 
tells me the story of how this all works together uh, a little more succinctly. But yeah, that's what I've got. Hey, uh, we pretty we, solid. Will you guys go to Blobfest with me next year? Yo, I just learned about that, and I was so pissed that it's this weekend because I, I've got my sister's party, so I can't do it. I just learned about that. I was like, "This is awesome! I want to go to Blobfest." The, the, what is Blobfest? I don't know. I have no idea. But it's it's at this theater in Phoenixville called the Colonial Theater. So it's like it's like maybe a half an hour from where I live. And uh, that's where they filmed that classic scene right, the, in the blob where all the, the kids are running blob. out of the theater. Yeah. We're in the fifties blob, right? Yep. Not the eighties blob. Right, although right. that was a great movie too, but very different. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, no, they, apparently that town, I didn't know this does a whole festival every year celebrating the movie, the blob. Yeah. And then I think like there's a race too. That's like the, the running, running from the blob or whatever, you know, there's like a, like a 5k or something. Um, and yeah, they do, you know, they do uh, movies. I guess they show the blob as part of it. But this, God, I would hope so. This, this weekend, the Sunday is an MST3K a thon. And like the like people from MST3K are supposed to be there uh, Jonah and Joel and Emily. But I have no idea if it's, I have no idea if it's movies that have already, like, if it's old movies. I have no idea if it's new movies. I don't know if it's live. Like if it's if it was like a live riffing thing, I would totally pay two hundred bucks to see it. But like if they're just going to show movies that I already have on DVD, like I don't, I don't want to see it. But I don't know. Whatever it is, they're not going to do the Blob. They're they're performing at Blobfest. They're not going to do the Blob. I don't know. I, I, and I is have there no any idea. Riff tracks for the Blob? I don't even know. I don't know. You know, I can't say that this MST thing will be part of next year's one. But like, I just think I'm fascinated by the idea of it. I think we should all think we should all go next year like i don't have i don't have two hundred dollars this year i probably won't have two hundred dollars next year but like we should just say we're going <laughs> i agree the uh, I, I love the concept of any town being like we're going to celebrate this random thing every year and like to just pick that movie like i'm not i am not talking ill of the the 50s blob that's a great movie but to just to dedicate a day every year like how many things get their own holiday? You know, I mean, everybody celebrates, you know, every town has like, you know, you got your winter holidays, your Christmas, your Hanukkah, you got 4th of July, you got Memorial Day, you got Labor Day. And this town's like, what, what should we add to the basket? I know, Blob Day. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I love you. I love you for being that random. So, yeah, no, I'm in. I, again, I was pissed that it was this weekend. Uh, I, I just found out about it uh, a couple days ago. Uh, yeah, I think Paul, you mentioned it to me a little while back, and I was uh, I was unsure, mostly because like you know, again, throwing dollars at things, not my forte these days. But uh, <laughs> I think, hey, maybe next year. I think um, I think the town where uh, this movie from tonight is was I, I think maybe this was supposed to be in Indiana. I'm looking up uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson High School, which is obviously not a real place, but. Um, Oh, there's a junior high. No, maybe California. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's some place that does a Zapped festival every year. Wouldn't that be great? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem like the kind of thing that that people should be proud of. It's more, it's more <laughs> oh, no. of the shame of a yeah, town. Not at all. Not at all. I, I actually, I was, I was almost wondering, Chris, if I should ask you if we should try to do some kind of disclaimer at the front of this, like. 
like in the show notes or something that like some kind of trigger warning thing that there'll be like oh my God. discussions of sexual assault. But I, I also think that uh you know, like if there's people that listen to our podcast and go, Oh, I should watch Zapped, that's the next movie they're doing, at least they're not gonna be able to find it. So like Yeah, you <laughs> should definitely set, set up a warning. I thought you were gonna say at least they won't be able to find us. <laughs> like you're right. Thank God. The uh God, I I think yeah. I think we're totally going to hear from from Scott Bayo though after this episode. Like uh, I would imagine so. He he seems like the kind of guy that would uh, take this personally. Listen to our podcast. That, that, no, that's <laughs> he seems like no. He would listen to this episode because if somebody's talking about something he's done in his in his past, he's probably going to look it up. That's so <laughs> weird that you had the same thought I had, right? Because like I thought of a uh, Family Guy, right? The remember the the episode with um about us. What? James Woods? No, the episode about um Luke Perry where where Peter writes the article <laughs> right. that Luke Perry's gay and then like they it, and it's all in good fun because Luke Perry voiced Luke Perry in the show. Um but then he's like sitting by his pool and he's like, "All right, time to read every high school newspaper and see if anybody mentions me this week." <laughs> like I totally think that's what Scott Bayo's doing. Like I think Scott Bayo wakes up every day and it's like, "Well, I wonder if anybody's talking about Zapped." So I I think we're gonna. You hear think from we him. have high school newspaper levels of cred? I don't know. No, I I just think that's the kind of guy that Scott Bayo is. Like he's <laughs> he's one hundred percent like making sure people are still talking about this movie. Not talking about the sequel though, because he wasn't in it. Do we have to? It, though he was his character was mentioned by name. It, did you watch the sequel? Not all of it. I I I skipped through it just out of morbid curiosity, and wow. It's basically the same movie. Oh, wow. Did we ever confirm whether the Zendaya movie is on day? I don't Zendaya, know. Zendaya, yes. Zendaya. What's the Zendaya movie about? Is oh, it about is, her getting such powers? Is it a remake? Or? I only watched uh, 20 minutes of it, but I, you know, again, I wish that was the movie that I had sat down and watched. Um, but, uh, no. Did from, you get telekinetic powers? Or? No, I don't think so. I mean, I didn't get very far into it, from, but from what I can see, it's just a, kind of a, a Disney Channel um you know, a Disney Channel teen movie. Like, she, like, her mom gets remarried, and now she's got all these brothers in the house, and she's, you know, trying to figure out how to... I think, I think that, um, the the premise of that is she gets a app on her phone that, like, can, can like, control boys or something, so... I guess it's. Oh. I guess it's well, not. I'm gonna. I'm totally gonna skim dissimilar. through it while we're while we're podcasting to see if it's it's connected in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's not. It's not hailed as like a remake or anything. Well, that's a that's unfortunate. That's a missed opportunity right there. See, it's weird that you're the one that watched the sequel because usually I'm the one. Usually I'm the one. I, that's yeah, like, I'm kind of surprised that you didn't uh, dive in and, oh, and just I, spend the time on it. I was so done with this movie after I saw it. I was so <laughs> angry at this. I would not give this any more time. Um, yeah, like you, all right, before usually, we dive into it, usually, let's get the nonsense out of the way. Oh, all right. I mean, the whole thing is nonsense. Go, it's true. Go the whole for thing's it. nonsense. All right, let's get the information out of the way. Sean and I obviously watched this in my house as usual with Karen and Greg. We viewed it via Plex because it's literally our only option. Uh, I drank chocolate milk and ate whatever beef jerky Sean's dog would allow me to get away with. Uh, Sean, you made a you had a special drink. Oh, right. The, uh, Karen came up with the idea that the food tie-in could be microwave popcorn because you zap it in the microwave. Uh, Genius. And Sean made some kind of drink. Electric lemonade. Because electric zapped. It's all, it's all, it all kind of works. Does it have whiskey in it? 
No, electric lemonade's like vodka, lemonade, Sprite, and I think I missed something. Vodka, lemonade, Sprite. There's something else. I'm, just I'm genuinely disappointed that I didn't know ahead of time that I could have just been eating salami that whole time. <laughs> I, I told Greg to stop and buy a salami because we needed one because my brother-in-law, Keith, when he found out we were watching this, he was like, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And he just looks at me and he goes, Shh, no shit, Mr. Einstein. He was like, you need to bring salamis. You're going to want salamis as your snack. Like, All right. And then I told Greg to get salamis and he showed up with beef jerky, which is close, but different. That that was perhaps the only part of that movie that I would like to see survive. That uh that that weird uh pot dream sequence with Scatman Crothers where the the where he's being chased by his where he's biking with Einstein and being chased by his wife and she's hurling sausages with a bazooka. Like <laughs> we should we should put that on YouTube and we should just erase the rest of the I, I did really like that scene. I start to finish. And you know what? Scott Bayo wasn't in it. When he first goes into the dream sequence, Scott Bayo's got his back turned. It may or may not be Scott Bayo hovering over a table. And he's like, hey, I can't even remember the character's name now. What's, what's Scott Bayo's name in the movie? Uh, Barney. Barney. Hey, Barney, is that you? And then Einstein interrupts and he goes, Barney works with me now. <laughs> and you never see Barney in that scene. They, they Scott Bayo'd out. It's genuinely disappointed yeah. that it wasn't Yahoo serious. Uh, Paul, how about you? How, what did you, uh, obviously you watched this via Plex. What else did you, uh, uh, did you eat anything or drink anything special other than tears? Yeah, I watched it in the fetal <laughs> position, uh, crying over my, uh, cookies and milk. Um, yeah, um, yeah, no, that, uh, I, I guess I can't think of anything notable other than the fact that you just, you couldn't find it. Like, I, uh, you know, Sean, this was your damn rule that we were supposed to say where you could you could <laughs> watch the movie, and uh, yeah, I didn't I I didn't even think that it wouldn't be available anywhere, and like wasn't on Apple, wasn't you know, and then when we you go even to buy it, you know, it's I guess we could have tried to track down a DVD somewhere, but like any digital distribution, like it wasn't for sale, it wasn't for rent, it wasn't just nothing. Yeah, the soonest the uh, the soonest um you know, DVD that would ship to my house was dubbed in Portugal. So, uh, you know, I would have had to watch it with the subtitles, which again, might've been a better experience. I'm not really sure. May have, but, may have, uh, um, may have made it better, but yeah, uh, Evan putting it on that Plex server was the only way I was able to see it. Um, and yeah, I, I had some, I had some milk and cookies. Um, and then, uh, I watched it. I watched it late after everybody went to bed. Um, but then like, you know, I felt like I was basically like, Perry, I know you like to watch these movies, so you know what we're talking about. But I was like, I'm warning you, like you're gonna hate this one. And she's like, How bad could it be? And I was like, I'm warning you. Um, <laughs> so she watched it last night, and I kind of oh came in and out of the room. Like I, like I put Nate to bed, and I went and made dessert and stuff like that. So I was in and out. So I didn't totally subject myself to it again. But she was like. Oh God! Like Chris, Chris should put a warning. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's not okay. Yeah, not at uh, all. So, uh, Zapped was released on July twenty third, uh, unleashed as it were, on July twenty third, nineteen eighty two, and was distributed by Embassy Pictures. It was written by Robert J. Rosenthal and Bruce Rubin. Shame on them! And directed by Robin Robert J. Rosenthal. I think I Roaches... think you got to put written in air quotes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, like, sprawl like, across I, like, a series of napkins by. Yeah, well, I really do think that, that this movie, uh, like, yes, I'm sure that somebody wrote it, but, like, there was so much in this movie that was engineered to just, like, we want this to happen, so what do we have to do to make that happen? You know, like, like there was no... Nothing. Yeah, there, there, was, there was no... There was no real through line. There was just like sort of interconnected moments, um, mostly, uh, m- mostly yeah, well, centering around sexual assault. So <laughs> we, we we will get there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ruben's other writing works include Deep Impact and Stuart Little Two. <laughs> this explains so much. While the director and the co-writer Rosenthal's other directorial works include something called Malibu Beach which had a picture of a butt on the front of it, and absolutely nothing else. So the nonsense guy teamed up with the butt guy, and they made this movie. (laughs) The movie stars, I'm using that term very loosely, Scott Bayo, Willie Ames, Felice Schatcher, Heather Thomas, Robert Mandan, Greg Bradford, and Scatman Crothers. Tells the story of a young high school student who accidentally gives himself telepathic powers, which he uses to sexually assault women and occasionally cheat at gambling, which is where he draws the line morally. (laughs) (sighs) I'm I'm so glad you I'm so glad you mentioned that, too. I mean, I don't. Well, you know what? Let's get to that later. It's the closest this movie had to a plot, because, like, clearly the entire purpose of this movie like, you know, we, we talked about Weekend at Bernie's, too, being like, look, we got this ticket to this island, and we're going to shoot it every way we can. And we're just going to use the flimsiest excuses we can to do these things. This is, this is so much less than even that. This was, I want to give a kid the power to rip women's clothes off so we can show boobs. Like, that's, that, I want to have a, kid, a movie about a kid who can t- show people's boobs with his mind. That, that's what we want. Well... I did do a little research on this. Did either of you? God, no. No. <laughs> oh, well. I did enough research to write down th- what I just read. That's as much time. I was busy re-editing sock puppets, Paul. All right. <laughs> I, I, I have some information that's going to make this both better and worse. Um, uh, God. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I have a couple things that are going to shed some light on this and that I think we need to discuss in this podcast. But... Um, the, this movie apparently initially was supposed to be PG. Um, they 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 made the movie intending it to be a PG movie about a high school kid that gets these powers and like what he does with the powers. And then apparently what happened was, oh, well, I guess I guess maybe I guess it was two years before that that Porky's came out. Um, oh. But I, I, I guess with the success of Porky's. That they were like, oh, we we need to make this more like Porky's. Like, Porky's is what's hot right now, and we need to put nudity in this and make it an R movie. And it needs to, you know, and it, it needs to be like that if it's going to succeed. And so then there was reshoots. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think a lot of, I, I think a lot of the, what the movie ultimately became was because of these reshoots um and reshoots imagine like what was what was what was the part of the movie that they kept i don't know the whole movie i mean that's the, that's what i don't know right like i don't know what this what this story would have been if it had been pg 
Um, what story? <laughs> there was no story. It was just like he got the powers, and then he just did a bunch of nonsense, and then eventually his friend was like, hey, let's cheat at gambling. And he was like, alright. And then, like, he said, hey, let's cheat at more gambling. And he said, oh, I don't know. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. Let me rip this woman's clothes off. The gambling in thing... In front of my girlfriend, who is totally okay with it. <laughs> well... 100% on board. Ripping and, people's clothes off, and she's laughing her head off. So, what, when, when we were gonna... When, when you mentioned the sequel, I wanted to say that, like, I wouldn't want to see the sequel unless it was about Jane's character coming back with a machine gun and just taking revenge <laughs> on every single person. And I was like, I think... And then I think the last one that she should seek retribution with is... Uh, what's her face? Bernadette? Is that the the girlfriend? The... The nerd girlfriend? Sure. Uh, We're going to yeah, call it sure. Bernadette for the that. Yeah. rest of this podcast. Right, yeah, because, like, like literally, he would, he would sexually assault somebody with his mind, and she would, just, she would just smile and laugh. Like, she is complicit in, like, the mass sexual assault of, like, at least 50 people, right? Um, <laughs> but, 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 again, here's another thing that I learned. All of these people in this movie were older than high school age when it was made, right? You have, like, 20, 25, 30-year-olds playing high schoolers like you do uh -huh. in the 80s. She was the only one who was actually high school age. She was, like, 16 or 17 or something, right? So she wasn't allowed to be on set when they were filming the nudity stuff, which I oh, think God. explains why her reaction is so different to what's happening. <laughs> Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to let that excuse it. It's bad filmmaking in every respect, but like that does kind of explain a little bit like why she's having a reaction as if like he made a thing go up in the air and fly around when really he like ripped women's clothes off. It explains a little bit. The, uh, you have 26 pages of notes. Uh, I feel like we, we, we glossed by something that I really annoyed me when it happened. Uh, you mentioned a couple minutes well, back. You, you want to you start at the beginning? I think we should start with the mouse torture. You want to start with the mouse torture? I See, and that's <laughs> part of the movie that I loved. I was like, this is great. We're just getting mice drunk and putting them underwater. But not, not killing them. No, no, no. We're going to give them air supplies. I, I loved it. That, that part I was really on board with. I don't know why he was experimenting with alcohol. Like, how... Do, I understand that the beer got in there and that made the magic happen, which I kind of get, but it seemed like an unnecessary, like it could have just been a chemical, like I don't, the whole thing with the mice never came back either. When I was looking for the movie and I, I couldn't find it, um, the, you know, on Amazon where it says movie not available, the one thing that you're able to do is watch a clip from the movie. And I guess they chose the very first clip, right? They, they chose the opening, you know like two minutes of the movie or whatever right so like before i found the thing before evan provided the thing i watched that that mouse scene and like i laughed hysterically i was excited for the movie i was like this movie's gonna be so fun like i looked at that stupid mouse scene and i was i was excited for this movie because like it was so stupid um I, I, like 
I I love it when there's science that has absolutely no practical application. Like, <laughs> like, like it, it reminded me of uh, of Lawnmower Man, right? We're we're watching them uh, give, make the monkeys do VR, and it's like, well, like if the mo- monkey was doing a VR of like swimming through the ju- or like swinging through the jungle, like that'd be one thing. You could like test what it's doing to his mind, but like you were having the monkey playing a first person shooter game, like that's not like that like. That that's not applicable science, you know. Like I, I felt like it was the same thing with this. He says we want to test the the effects of beer on like deep sea diving, and I was like, yeah, but you're doing that with mice. They don't go in the water. <laughs> like <laughs> there's no practical application for this science. It's just mouse torture. <laughs> Plus, even if that's somehow directly related to human beings, who's who's like. Let's figure out exactly how much beer we should let our deep sea divers have. What? Why? Yeah. The answer's none. None beer. <laughs> yeah. In most sporting events or, you know, things like it. Yeah. Be, we, we, I think we, it's been tested that beer is, uh, you know, the antithesis of what you need. I'm drinking beer right now. I'm a proponent of beer. I'm on beer's side. But yeah, no, deep sea divers whilst diving. Let's just not drink right now. You know, when you come up later, sure. Do you guys remember the lab that we had in high school where, like, nobody taught in it? Like, kids could just go in and, like, do weird experiments and, like, grow things <laughs> in a greenhouse. You guys, remember that lab? And, like, and, they, and gave like you, they gave you beer to experiment with. Yeah, and they and had like, time. And, like, to, to only the kids there. had the keys to it, right? Like, the principal <laughs> yeah, and yeah. stuff didn't have keys. Like, we, like it, was, it was like our lab. Remember that lab? I, yeah, we spent a lot of time in there not existing. Um, I have some, I have some information. Okay, the Zendaya movie is in no way related to Zapped. It is indeed about she gets like a, a cell phone that can control men, uh, and she tries to get them to like dance better or something like that. All right, so, cool. You want to talk yeah. about that movie? <laughs> <laughs> the sequel, however, Zapped again. <clears throat> I, like I want I I flipped through about like half the movie it's basically the same movie uh, according to wikipedia the plot is kevin matthews uh becomes a new pupil at ralph waldo emerson high school uh what's it the um uh the woman that was like weirdly attracted to the principal mm-hmm. that they just did an entire subplot about for no goddamn reason uh she's like the new principal of the high school uh, anyways, um... Only actress they could get back. Kevin Matthews, rejected by the trendy Key Club, uh, instead joins the Science Club. There he accidentally discovers a number of vials that were made by former student Barney Springborough, in the original film, hidden behind a panel in the lab. After drinking the contents, Kevin develops psychokinetic powers. He amuses himself by lifting girls' dresses and humiliating the Key Club jocks, becoming popular in the process. However, the Key Club plots a cruel revenge. And that's where... The description on the Wikipedia page stops because that's how few people watched this movie. Well, that's I mean, that sounds like it's a better movie because it sounds like he got his comeuppance, right? Like that there was that there was like stakes and a lesson to be learned. I don't know. Maybe well, not. I don't know. We didn't see he I beat f- the key club. See if I can flip through it and, and, and find out what happens. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, it was from what all I had seen. It was basically the same principle. Like, it's just like, all right. I'm going to, like, throw a bunch of bread around, or I'm going to, like, rip this girl's shirt off, or I'm going to rip this dude's pants off, or something like that. It's just, just more, this is, he's, he's like the shittiest possible version of, uh, the shittier dude in Weekend at Bernie's, 
except a high school student. And it's like, well, I have these psychic powers. I'm just going to sexually assault people all day, every day. Yeah. But I, is there more of a plot? I, I don't know. I, I got it on mute right now, and it's uh, so far so good. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know where to... I sort of don't know where to start with this like long list of notes I have because there's like there's so many things I want to talk about. We could talk about what Chris just talked about the 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 whole relationship between the principal and the one teacher, which like the principal clearly wasn't into at first. He had some sort of thing in that weird newspaper that kept having weird headlines. You remember that? Yeah, the headlines were all like in a different color. They too. were they were trying to make you see them. Uh, I can't remember what the hell it said. Uh, but they were weird. I was like, why are they pointing this out? Um, and then he meets her at the thing and they just, they go right to having sex in that restaurant, uh, which Chris pointed out or somebody pointed out the tablecloths were real short for what they were trying to accomplish here. (laughs) There was, Uh, there was so many, there was so many scenes that didn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie that you almost had to go like, well, what? What did what scenes did have to do with the movie? Um, but yeah, most of the stuff with the teachers seemed like a super weird side plot. I would I would say even before the stuff with with the principal and that that teacher, what was her name, Mrs. Mrs. Bernhardt, or Mrs. I guess Gary Cooter calls her Mrs. Burnfart. Um, but I think even bef- so clever before that thing, there was that scene where. Um, What's his face? Uh, Willie Ames' the secretary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Peyton goes in there and, like, yeah, hooks up with the secretary. Um, what the hell was that about? What was that about? I mean, it. It. I think it was just. I think it was just a Porky's reaction, right? Like, we need but, to put more boobies in it. Um, but, this movie needs more but did depravity. You s- did not, not. Did you see her boobs in that scene? I don't think you did. Oh, I mean, no, I think she. I just meant, well I guess, women yeah, yeah. in a state of undress. You know, sometimes yeah, it, it was it had more sex in it, right? Um, I was gonna because, like, I'm like, the, you're right. Lots of scenes were clearly just uh, vehicles <laughs> to get the boobs out. Right. We uh, didn't need to see grown women's boobs. We needed to see grown women pretending to be high school students' boobs. <laughs> that's that's what we. But I to feel see. like that scene didn't even accomplish that goal, and never came back. Like they just moved on from there. Like. He like I don't know that well, that character kept being in the movie, but only to assist the principal in 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 his, which was also weird. Uh, she was just assisting him in getting some, right? And like so that that didn't really matter, right? And that, it didn't accomplish that gratuitous goal either. That secretary character then just became part of the principal and the other teacher's weird subplot, and right. and like as far as uh, Peyton goes, like. It would be one thing if that scene was in there to set up the kind of character that he was, right? Like, if he was if he was this slick ladies' man character, and then you're getting this thing where he's, I don't know, going out with everybody, and then he's, like, he's got the secretary on the side. Like, I, 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 like I, I'm not saying it's a great use of that scene, but, like, if it was, if it was to somehow... Um, give you more of an insight into where they're going with Peyton's character. That would be one thing, but it it wasn't. Then he just turned into trying to make Jane's life awful, right? Like that that became Peyton's whole story arc is like fucking up that girl's life, right? So like, so like, 
that that was the one scene that you're like, all right, why is that in here, right? And then, uh, and then, yeah, they they do that stuff with the secretary and the principal that she's she's helping him with the one ads, and he's going to go on this date, and then it's it's ultimately him and that teacher, which again, like super unnecessary like storyline. I guess it could have been funny if it was a little shorter, right? Like, I, I guess if the the gag was he walks in there. It's like, oh, here's the date, you know, they're excited, then it's like, oh, you? You know, and, like, like if there's a moment like that, and then, yeah, I guess they could still hook up, but, like, it needed to, like, end on a punchline, right? Like, it needed to, there needed to be a thing that happened, and then, boom, punchline, and the scene's over. Like, instead, what, Not, hap- uh, what happened right, was, he- like, she, she's, they go under the table, then the waiter comes over, he says they need more time. Then the waiter comes back and like he spills the wine and everything. And then they come out and like everybody's staring at them. And at that point, you're like, this is gross. And I've been watching it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the bit with the waiter went on too long, but could have almost. It, it wasn't a great joke, but at least it was a joke. And maybe you're it right. If that was structured joke. a little different, maybe that could have been the punchline they left out on. But instead, you just stuck with it. And again, it wasn't it wasn't a, a gratuitous excuse to get boobs on the screen, which at least I understand. It's like, all right, that was our goal. We wanted to get some boobs on the screen. It wasn't that. So they had to still be going for humor, but they just kind of petered out. Yeah. Right? Like the, the waiter was it. Again, the waiter's reaction to him and he spills the wine. And at least th- that is a joke. Not great, but it's a joke. And then it just... It was a long scene, it, and it wasn't even that like that like Family Guy kind of humor, right? Where like like the the joke like there's a joke, the joke goes on, and then it keeps going on, and it keeps going on, and it keeps going on, and it kind of then circles around to like being funny again. Like it wasn't even that kind of thing. It was just uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it was just uncomfortable. So while you were talking. I'm still streaming the, uh, uh, skimming through the sequel, and, uh, it seems that the girlfriend eventually gets powers, too. So she, like, got revenge on a bunch of, like, pretty girls in the locker room and made them smear makeup all over themselves. That's how I like to get revenge, make people smear makeup on themselves. Yeah, and I think that the teacher that was banging the old principal, who's now the new principal, is now banging the, uh, the, the coach, the, the gym teacher. The gym, the gym teacher's in it, too? Oh, it's a new gym teacher. Oh, wow. He just means that that lady sleeps with whoever she works with. Yeah, and now she's waving a dildo around. So, at kids. Yes. Yeah. At children, yeah. This Scatman is a- Crothers, as the gym teacher, who looked like he hadn't played a sport in his life, was, I'd say, my favorite part of this Oh, movie. certainly. Um, I, I, like, and, you know, again, not that it's a hallmark of a good movie or that it made it in any way watchable. Um, but I, I guess it was that like good kind of bad where I'm like, because it was him, I'm laughing. And like, he comes into that lab and I'm like, why the fuck is the coach coming into this lab? Like it already doesn't make sense that there's this lab that only these students use and the principal doesn't have a key to, and that, you know, Scott Bayo's in there like cooking up, 
weird concoctions to mice and that he's they're growing weed in there and that there's alcohol and like it, it makes no sense but then the fact that the coach wanders in there and it's just like let me look at this shelf of chemicals that's where i keep my whiskey <laughs> like it was it was one of those things where it's like we need this to happen all right just just do it just put it in the movie <laughs> I liked how matter-of-fact everybody who found out about the psychic powers was, like, oh, telekinesis, all right. Cool. Nobody really seemed to make that big a deal out of it. Like, it was kind of a big deal that he had the ability to do things, but, like, the fact that it was just like, oh, yeah, telekinesis, that's real, and a thing that's in this high school, yeah. Nobody... We're, we're fine with that. Nobody clocked it at all, including him. Like... Yeah. Like, like... You know, uh, again, I don't like it's it's hard to pick out what's bad about this movie because it's like picking out blemishes on a turd. But <laughs> the it, it almost could have been a good idea for a movie if in the right hands, in in the in 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 very skilled hands, um, if it was about a high school kid that gets godlike powers uh, you know, or, or I don't know, like, I, I do really feel like the powers border on godlike, right? Like he, he can move things with his mind. He can control people with his mind. The, the powers are super <laughs> undefined, right? At one point he, <laughs> he made a spaceship go through a fish tank. Yeah. So you kind of do phasing thing like the flash. Life. He right? created Sunset. life. Like they, they didn't make it real clear. Was, were those people in the spaceship? In his imagination? Yeah. Or did he create life and then allow those things that he created to be murdered by the dog? And actually, I don't think the dog finished him because he went and pulled the ship out of his mouth. I'd watch a whole nother movie about those people getting out of that ship and trying to avoid the dog. <laughs> um, yeah, at the end, he flies, right? So... I, 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 think, I think we can use the words <laughs> godlike powers. But I remember when the movie ended, I just said out loud, he could fly this whole time. <laughs> yeah, so oh, I mean and not that it's important to anything we're talking about, but that prop for the toy that went through the, the, uh, the fish tank. <laughs> they took a Millennium Falcon, turned it around backwards, and glued on like half of a Starship Enterprise. Like not like not like we weren't creative, we'll make a spaceship from things we've seen before. It was legit. It was 100% a Millennium Falcon turned backwards and uh, the engines from the Starship Enterprise with some other, like, random crap glued to it to make it not quite copyright and fringy. Yeah. It was fascinating. It, it now, was pretty copyright more, I, I Was it um, Space Mutiny had more impressive ships than this? <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. If it looks like both the Millennium Falcon and the Starship Enterprise, then neither property can get mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> Worst lawyering ever. Oh my god. <laughs> Got that shit. Yeah, so out. so uh, in the right hands, I think a movie about a kid that gets godlike powers where then you go, you know, cool, like what's he going to do? Is he going to help people? Is he going to go off and start a school for mutants, you know, like where where you're like what is the good thing he will do and then that he just wants to like, you know, use it to to, you know, 
to get some to hook up or whatever, right? Like or that, to, you know, do innocuous things like get potato chips from across the room or something. Like, yeah, like just to, much do, more than that. to do juvenile things like that might be a funny movie. Um, but there was no there was none of there was none of the realization that he even could um, that he even you know, could do things with his powers, right? Like, even Spider-Man in those, like, Sam Raimi movies, like, goes through the thing where it's like, oh, crap, like, look, I look different. Like, you know, I have to figure this out, right? Can I jump off buildings? How far can I jump? You know, and, like, there's that really great montage, you know? I think even, um, I think there's other movies with, like, superheroes that are more juvenile, right? Like, I think Shazam has a scene like that, right? But, like, he... So he gets these powers. He goes home, right? He's um he got that scene in his room. Like he go he goes home his parents his parents like rag on him, right? The and, worst people on the planet. Yeah, and and that was even weird too because I'm like I'm like what like what is the like what do they want of him? Do they want him to stop being a nerd? and get out in the world and, like, meet girls and have a life, like, stop being in the lab? Or do they think he's, like, a drug dealer or something? Because they go and, like, check his veins for track marks. Um, so uh, the messaging on that was real weird. Like, I couldn't I, I couldn't figure out what kind of character he was supposed to be or what the parents thought he was going to be or whatever, right? But there's that whole scene where they're in the room or whatever, and then, you know, the mom kind of yells at him from the door, and then she walks away and he slams the door with his mind, right? And then she walks in and she's like, she's like, you know, why did you do that? You know, and then he blames the dog. And then she leaves and he slams the door again with his mind. And then he kind of just like lays down and goes to sleep. And I go, all right, here's where it's going to be. Any second now, he's going to open his eyes and be like, holy crap, did I just do that? Right? Like, I was waiting for it. And like, nope. Dude just went to sleep. Like, slammed the door <laughs> with his mind, went huh. the fuck to bed, right? He got telekinesis. Then the yeah. next day, when he's doing the uh, all the Fantasia stuff in the, in the classroom and, like, sweeping up with the mops and stuff, she doesn't walk in and go, like, oh, my God, you have telekinesis. She walks in and she's like, cool, let's do some experiments. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, like, no one even takes a second to go, you are a god. <laughs> like, <laughs> this should not be scientifically possible. This is fascinating. It's all very matter of fact. It's bananas. And the only one who has any actual ambition with what to do with the powers is his friend who wants to cheat at gambling. At least yeah. that's a plan. He had a plan. He had a plan. That was the closest thing there was to a plot, is him coming to some sort of moral grounds of being like, no, nah, I don't think that's right. Well, and, Oh, you don't? And <laughs> that's about what, gambling, right? That's what made me feel like Bernadette was the villain of the movie. Because, like, <laughs> Bernadette keeps giving him this line of like, what are you doing? What are you doing with Peyton? Are you just trying to be Peyton Jr.? You guys are going to go gambling. All you want to do is, like, use these powers for gambling. You know, uh, blah, 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 right? And I'm like, dude, use the powers for gambling. Like, I would much rather you get on a plane and fly to Vegas and use your powers to make some money where you're stealing money from an insured casino than to use your powers to sexually assault 50 different women at the prom, right? <laughs> like, like. 
going to Vegas, I think, is a better choice, uh, just goals-wise, right? But, like, Bernadette's like, no, you can't gamble. But then, like, when he's ripping clothes off people, Bernadette's like, hee-hee, hilarious sexual assault. <laughs> hilarious. The, uh, not for nothing, she was kind of a bitch to him in the beginning, right? Before he had the powers. And then he gets the powers and she's all nice to him. Whereas his friend was nice to him, or at least was consistent to him throughout, right? So his friend's a little bit of a dick, but, you know, stuck by him in the beginning where she was a bitch. And then he gets powers and now she's going to be like, oh, we're together and I'm judgmental? This is nonsense. I didn't care for her at all. I agree. Villain of the movie. Yeah, villain of the movie. Ugh. Um... Yeah. I give that role to the director, but other than, you know, <laughs> second best, without a doubt. Well, can we talk about Peyton and Jane? No. Because I, uh, I think that's my next Oh, you said piece. before they were trying to, it almost seemed to establish him as a ladies' man. The first scene or two, like, they're walking and, like, two other guys come up and start talking to Scott Bayo and, and Peyton, and you think, like, he's the cool guy, but then, like... After that scene and the scene where he does the secretary, then the rest of the movie, he they almost paint him as the underdog with Scott Bayo, and he's trying to get with the popular girl who's looking down on him. Uh, and, and whatever whatever they wanted to make us feel about Peyton, I think that the thing that set up his character forever for the movie was I, I think liter- I think one of the first scenes that we saw with him. They're walking down the hallway. He literally takes his camera and does like an upskirt shot, right? And like takes a picture of some girl's ass. She says, um, you know, she, I mean, she, she says something to him. She like freaks out on him, right? And then he says something like, uh, girls are so immature. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like you want, you wanted to set this guy up as a dick. Like you did it. Like, like, you know, congratulations. We know what this character is about for the rest of the movie. Like, just with that one line. <laughs> yeah. Well, the... Uh, the line that I'm mad about came right after that. You you quoted it. That poem from... Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, he, uh, uh, Cooter. Gary Cooter. Yeah. Uh, so he gives the first two lines that you quoted, and then Scott Bayo goes into some sort of, like wet dream that we're forced to be a part of. <laughs> and then he comes out of it as uh, Cooter, Gary, or Gary Cooter finishes the, uh, finishes the poem with those last two lines that you quoted. But I feel like we missed like a, a solid stanza of that poem in the middle. And I really feel like it probably would have been the best part of the movie had I gotten to hear the rest of that poem. Yeah. Very angry. Why introduce Gary Cooter if that was the last time you're going to see him? You know, he. I think he was in one scene before that where he kind of like strolled into the assembly late, and then yeah, he did that poem, and then like that was it, man. Like you know, like Gary Cooter should have. I don't know. Like why introduce him if you're not going to use him? Yeah. The oh yeah the, yeah. So the next thing. Here's another random thing. The the mom with the, the priests. That was another setup that just didn't really pay off. Like, she had the priests come in and they were going to exercise him. And the, uh... I... 
it felt like they were they went to a little bit of effort to set up a comedy uh plot a comedy scene a comedy premise and then just kind of like i don't know got like they spent more time setting it up and got one joke out of it and he walked out and went back to doing whatever he was doing and then the the dad sleeping on the couch again that was like a, a joke that they they kind of set up and you thought they were you know this is going to come back around they're going to go somewhere with this and they just didn't it was just like nope he's sleeping on the couch i i can't say this movie would have been better as a uh, well actually i can't say it would be better as a pg movie cuz it would it wouldn't have all the sexual assault but um but uh I, I i can't say i i can't say i know that they had a better plan for the movie if it was made a little differently but like I was really confused and surprised about the whole ending of the movie um, because he so there, there's the there's the whole argument between them about the gambling. She's like, she's like, you know, you're, you're just like Peyton, you know, and, and rides off on her bike. Um, and then he doesn't really learn anything because he still goes with Peyton to that frat party. And they still gamble. Like it's not as if he, it's not as if he uh, has a realization moment. Then they still they still do that. I guess his 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 turn is at the prom where he gives Peyton the the tickets back and it's like I'm not going to go to Vegas with you, right? But before all that prom stuff and before all the um, the exorcism stuff, he goes back to the lab. And I thought what he was going to do was find a way to lose his powers. I thought he was going to get rid of his powers so that he could go to her and go like, look, you're what's important to me. Like, I got rid of the powers. I want to be with you, right? Um, Because if that had happened, then the exorcism thing would have made more of an impact because then he would have been trapped at home without the powers and he would have had to find a way to get to the prom, right? Like, like. The thing was, you just put an obstacle in his path, the the exorcism, and he easily overcomes it. You know, like there's no there's no struggle. He just he makes a dummy fly around and then he he leaves. You know, like there's no <laughs> there's no there's no like dramatic rise to unfold. It's just you know a, a goofball. It's scene. just wouldn't it be great if we had an excuse for this puppet to fly around? Or even better, better yet, it was more like. You know what? It would be great if we had, like, a puppet somewhere that he could make float around and be creepy. All right, let's put that in there and figure out how to make it into a scene later. I, I think, I just think that was the whole movie. We want this to happen. Make it happen. You know, what do we need to do to make, what do we need to do to, to have a dummy in the fly around? This like, would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, And man. it wasn't. It never was. And it was always awful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was, I was pretty, pretty. Uh, I didn't hate it as much as. Oh God, all right, that's not true. I, I did hate it as much as Young Einstein, but it was just for very different reasons. Like, I do think it was a better film, <laughs> I guess, than Young Einstein, uh, which isn't really a high bar. Like, I don't know, things <laughs> happened with occasional purpose in this movie as opposed to young Einstein, which was just like a constant state of what the fuckery. But uh, <laughs> I mean, as it, egregious it was, as it was, I wasn't ever bored. Um, but you know, 
it was still really awful. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, th- I was... think a lot of it was me just dropping my jaw in shock at what I was seeing. Yeah, uh, it was, um, Karen did not like this movie <laughs> one bit. Uh, she, it, it was one of those things that really stuck with her for a couple of days. She's like, that was a really offensive movie. Yeah. And like, I, I don't want to like, I, I, it's, there's one thing to be like overly offended by everything, but then there's like things that are legitimately offensive. And that's what this was. This yeah. was, this was a uh, really, really wild. So. At the end, here's, I, I mentioned mentioned this to Chris. The uh, I think I figured out why something happened, but then I was thinking about it more, and I was like, I don't know if this makes any sense. So in that last scene, uh, the one lady, uh, she throws, uh, I'm gonna say, a watermelon at Scott Bayo, and it hits him in the head, and he like he gets dizzy, and you know they they use a a camera thing to make you see that he's seeing double or the room spinning or whatever. So, okay, he takes his blow to the head. And then after that, he uh, rips everybody in the auditorium's clothes off, right? And then after that, he gets hit in the head again, and he goes down. And that's when they come over, and he's like, I lost my powers, right? Um, It occurred to me while we were watching, I was like, I think that first blow to the head, because I was like, why would they do two blows to the head? Why make that much of an effort to show us he got hit in the head twice? Like, somehow getting hit in the head twice is the magical number that makes you lose your ESP, right? No, no, no. Or telekinesis, whatever the hell. Uh, I think their thought was, oh, we'll put this here, and this way when we go to show it on TV, we can just edit out the whole scene where... He makes everybody in the auditorium naked because we're never going to get that on TV. Oh my God, you're so right. You're absolutely right. right? It yeah. makes perfect sense. Yep. So I, I thought that was what the plan was. But then I was thinking about it later. I was like, you'd have to edit out half this movie. It'd be like 20 minutes long. It'd be like that time they showed Pulp Fiction on network television and it took like five minutes. Like, <laughs> this is what happens, Larry, when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, that's the Big Lebowski. That's Big Lebowski. Yeah, what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? Um, the Pulp, pulp Fiction, he keeps calling everybody a bad melon farmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, every single thing in this movie was like, we want this to happen. Uh, what's our excuse to make it happen? You know, like they um, they had all those cheerleaders in the movie and they it was like we we want this to be in the movie what's our excuse you know and like they 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 had a baseball game cheerleaders usually happen at football games not baseball games but they're (laughs) like we want this to happen and we want him to use his powers in a baseball game so we're gonna put it in there you know um i also (laughs) i also wrote this note this this might have this might have been the one other time that I laughed at this movie, but like not because they did something funny, just because it was so fucking stupid and bad that I had to laugh. So like, uh, I I can only imagine that this was one of those after the fact reshoots, right? Because like they do the whole baseball game, and then after the baseball game, there's the scene where the other team comes rolling up and. You know, they're like, hey, meh, meh, meh. and then, like, he sexually assaults those women and then pantses the guys and, like, picks them up and makes them fly around with their butt cheeks just 
being shown to the audience for like what seemed like a, a long time yeah a, a a really uncomfortable amount of time right i really thought he was gonna like you know impale them through the butt on like tree branches or <laughs> i something. did too and i think that's just like leftover scarring from evil dead <laughs> i was like i think I think these people are about to get tree raped. I think that's where this is going. And I think just seeing Evil Dead at too early of an age, you're just always expecting tree rape now. The, the, thing, the thing that I laughed so hard about, it was not the butts or the potential tree rape. Um, I don't even think that's what I laughed at. Um, it's that they come rolling up in a car, and the car has writing on it, and it says, Emerson sucks. So, like, these assholes graffitied their own car. <laughs> like, it was so stupid. Like, what a stupid idea to put in this movie. Like, somebody thought of that. Somebody's like, oh, they should come up with a car that says Emerson sucks on it. Like, what a bunch of assholes. Yeah, I, w- I want to talk about Peyton. All right, go for it. Why? <laughs> because it's important. Because nobody else will. Well, we have to. I, I, it, it made me. It made me. It made me mad. It made me confused. What? See, this is what happens. We pick these movies, and then we talk about them, and then at a certain point, you guys are like, "What's the point? It's bad." And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, "No, like we have a podcast where we got to talk about this stuff, right?" But like, all right, so so, uh, I I felt really bad for Jane, right? Like. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't understand what was going on there. And, like, Jane was kind of a little bit of a bully at the beginning of the movie. Like, at one point, I think she tells Barney, she's like, oh, maybe you can go to the prom with your mouse friends, you know? And, like, I don't know, I think um, there was some dialogue between her and Peyton where you're kind of like, oh, she's, she's shallow and she's, you know, it's only important for her to be with this other guy because he's going to take her to to you know, Hawaii after they graduate or whatever it is, right? But, like, in general, I didn't think she was, like, bad, right? Like, I didn't think she was an unlikable character, like... What are you talking about? The whole scene with her and Peyton, she's like, I'm not gonna have sex with you because I'm in a relationship and we're going to Hawaii, and he's like, well, I'm gonna get a million dollars, and she's like, oh, well, if you're gonna get a million dollars, let's have sex, which I was also... really pissed me off not at her i mean it just shows her to be shallow and like she's like yeah i'll cheat on my boyfriend if it's gonna be with somebody who's got more money right so she's bad too not that anybody in this movie has any redeeming qualities except maybe the janitor he seemed all right yeah the but what the that scene that you're talking about where they where they have sex and then he he snaps the shot and uh you know and takes a picture of her naked right like holy reprehensible scene but i literally could not have imagined where it was going to go to at the end of the movie because i literally don't ask me why but i literally still did think after that scene that they could still pull it off that they could get it back right because that whole time i'm like peyton is unlikable and they're kind of painting her to be you know that you're that she's that you're supposed like, it seemed like they were painting her like the villain, even though there were scenes where she was, like, hanging out with them all and hanging out with Bernadette. You know, like, I I couldn't understand uh, if we were supposed to hate her boyfriend, if we were supposed to hate her, if we were supposed to hate Peyton. But, like, when 
she and Peyton hook up, I'm like, they're both unlikable characters, so they're going to do this thing where they each learn something, and then they're like, we're unlikable, but we're perfect together, right? That, like, we're going to end up at the end of the movie. But that is not what happened. He does, like, revenge porn for her at the end of the movie, and, like, you know, like, like shows her naked picture to everybody at the prom, and then when she understandably freaks out about it, Scott Bayo rips her clothes off. <laughs> like, like <laughs> That was the only distraction he could think of. He's got limitless <laughs> mental telepathy powers, and he just needs a distraction. What's the only thing he could do? And he could have done any, he could have knocked over a punch bowl. He could have made a light bulb go out, but no, he rips that girl's boobs out. And Bernadette smiles and laughs at the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, wait, let me tell you why I hate, what's her name? Not Bernadette, the other one. Jane. Sure. Because she's got this plan, right? Look, if you're going to be, if you're shallow and you're, uh, you're all about money and she's like, I'm going to use my body and whatever I got and I'm going to get money. Hey, you got a purpose. Good on you. You know? Uh, so she's got a plan, and she's stupid enough to listen to Peyton's lies about, oh, well, I'm only gonna get an allowance of a million dollars or whatever. All right, so, you know, you can't control stupid. You are what you are. Okay, we'll let that go. So then she's like, all right, let's have some sex. And then the next day, the next day, she's like, uh, I hate you, stay away from me, because I'm with my boyfriend, because we're going to Hawaii. The... It was like the next scene. It was it was two, three scenes later. It's the next day. The whole reason you had sex with Peyton, you didn't like him. You weren't attracted to him. The, the, the glances in that scene made that clear, right? Like her, her acting made that clear in that scene. Uh, she made a conscious, strategic decision. This guy is going to get money. I am going to have sex with him so I get that money. But then the next day, she just abandons that plan entirely. Like, with no other change. Why Why is it the next day she's like, no, leave me alone? I well, why think, did you do what you did? I think... You did that to get money. I think that the reason why is because the movie is bad and doesn't <laughs> make sense and does weird things. <laughs> well, so then I just decided she's bad at strategy and I hate her. Uh, well, so this is another thing that I read about... Uh, this is another thing that I read about this movie. So the actress that played Jane, uh, I, I think it was like her her first real acting role, um, and she did not agree to the nudity. Um, it's it's hard to again, it's hard to know like what was in it originally and what was an afterthought. But like, sounds like initially the movie was supposed to be PG and not have any nudity, and then they're like, oh, Porky's, you know, so like. I guess for these reshoots, they asked her if she would do these nude scenes, and and she declined. Um, so she didn't know that they did this until she saw the movie, and then she sued. But um, you know, they put her face on the picture, um, you know, the naked picture. Uh, so they you know superimposed a face, and then uh, and then when he when when um, Charles in charge rips her her shirt off open. That's a, a body double. So, like, um, I think SAG rules state that you're supposed to be able to, like, consult and, like, help pick your body double. And, like, they didn't they didn't do any of that. So, wow. She sued. Good. Holy shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I feel bad for both Jane, the character, and, like, the actress that played her. 
I'll work with you on the actress, so not not meeting you halfway on the, the character. No, no the man, character I was, was still shit. Jane, Jane but... was my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the here, here's one for you. So this movie happens, right? And then let's just you know, this is my moment to Hollywood. <laughs> Uh, this movie happens, and Hollywood's first thought is, let's get these guys and give them their own TV series, because this shit was awesome! <laughs> Bad Hollywood. Bad. Right, Charleston Charge was after this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was the same two people, and like, you can't tell me, and Peyton's basically playing a watered-down version of the same character, right? I mean... Scott Bayo's character is a little more competent and cool in Charles in Charge, obviously, but Peyton's character is more or less the same. Uh, not that I've seen Charles in Charge in 20 years, but from what I remember, you know, he's the connivy best friend type. Um, so yeah, just just bad, Hollywood. Dude, bad. I do not want Charles in charge of me. <laughs> in my me days or my nights. Especially Zap was 82, nights. and Charles in Charge was 84. Wow. Right, so that's a direct response. Somebody yeah. in Hollywood saw this and was like, we need to develop a sitcom. These two clearly have what, clearly have what it takes. They have, <laughs> they have the it factor. That we are looking for. Like, was Zap successful? Do we know? Uh, Keith I mean, pointed clean. out, he was like, this was a movie that was on when he was, like, uh, very young. He was like, uh, he said, you know, HBO just played this and like Porky's in heavy rotation. Like when I mean, HBO was first out. It did something. It got a sequel. Uh, let's see. Box office. Zap was given a limited release on July 23rd, earning $823,000 that weekend, ranking number 17 in the domestic box office. On September 3rd, 1982, the film was released wide and made three, over $3 million, ranking number four. Behind an Officer in a Gentleman's Sixth Weekend, E.T.'s Thirteenth Weekend, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High's Fourth Weekend. By the end of its run, Zap grossed $16 million and change. Um, the film was panned by critics. <laughs> <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 6% based on 16 reviews, with an average of 2.9 and a 10. On Metacritic, this film received a score of 10 based on four reviews, indicating overwhelming dislike. Uh, targeted toward teenage audiences, Zapped received generally negative reviews at the time of its release. The film was denounced by New York Times' Vincent Carby, who said, quote, Zapped, which opens today at Lowe's State and a number of other unfortunate theaters, is a half-baked, rather retarded parody of Carrie and a number of other films that, using, using the awesome power of their ignorance, drove telekinesis into the ground. Wow. Yeah, so that was the other thing. Right towards the end there, I, it felt like a Carrie scene was coming. And I was kind of back on board. I was like, is he going to kill everybody? Uh, and he did not. He did not kill anybody. Instead, he, he made everybody naked. Uh, well, and whether you're going to kill people or make them naked, uh, Carrie freaks out at the dance because she's been picked on the entire movie, right? The entire movie, she's been ridiculed and she gets revenge on everybody. Like... I would argue that Scott Baio was not picked on or ridiculed by anybody. He just Except the one that you want to keep defending. In like in one scene of it's like she had one line to him. Where else I don't know. Where else did she pick on him? 
No, that's the only time she picked on him that I remember. And then, and then for like the ten scenes after that, uh, Peyton proceeded to pick on her. <laughs> All right, fascinating shit right here. Um, first <laughs> off, I love this little mini review here from the post of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Says, "quote It's hard to believe the writers of Zapped, an absolutely abominable movie, are even old enough to hold a pen." <laughs> Meanwhile, when asked to comment in 2014, Scott Bayo remembered the film fondly. <laughs> Great movie. Loved it then, love it today. <laughs> I get more people asking about that movie than anything. No lie. And I had a ball making that. A cute, fun teen movie, and it made money. And it had Scatman Crothers. He was a good guy and supposedly smoked pot every day. That's what I was told, but I don't actually know. But I got to work with Willie Ames, and it was a great experience. Good people, good crew, good director. We're going to hear from Scott Payo. <laughs> you mark my words. We're going to hear from Scott Payo. No, Scott, we're going to hear from Scott Payo's lawyer. Scott, if you're listening. All right, Scott. I, we need to talk. I don't agree with you on just about everything you say and do. Um, and this statement is no different. <laughs> you should be ashamed of this. This this was not not, not good. And, and you should feel bad for doing it. And... I personally think that you owe at least the three of us an apology. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know how malikgeekade.com, uh, theater near you, that's how you reach us. Uh, this was a bad movie, and you should feel bad about it. You know what? Maybe Scott Bay will reach out and let us know that he's the reason you can't find it anywhere. He spent the last 10 years doing his absolute best <laughs> to just scrub the internet of this movie, to get it off of any possible service format. And really, just rid the world of it. And if so, I I think we have to just you know. Ah, uh, yeah. If if so, good on you. Good on you. You, you made like, a mistake, but you're trying to fix it. See, like I look at this, you know, when I look back at, at other comedians that have since come out as a uh, uh, right wing nut jobs, like uh, uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider, for example. I still love Surf Ninjas. That man's work in that movie is a masterpiece. Uh, Scott Bayo, you are no Rob Schneider. <laughs> Oh, man, that's the tagline for the episode. Scott Bayo, you are no Rob Schneider. God, of course oh. he remembers it fondly. Loved it then, love it today. Wow. All right, back to work. Back to work, gentlemen. Where, right, where well, were you? I'll give, I'll give you the rest of my notes, because I think I can, I think I got the big ones. Um, let's see. We talked about the, we talked about the weird um pot induced uh hallucination with uh scatman crothers um, again wonderful scene everybody yeah, should go watch scene that in the scene. movie uh, i like that scene online. i liked when he called his his wife a bow-legged sapsucker um <laughs> that made me laugh. um so that was good um i wrote let's see oh i i wrote about the terrible fight at the at the at the amusement park uh Remember they all they the they go on the tilt a whirl oh, yeah. and the the her Jane's boyfriend like throws up and he has to leave and then those other guys show up and they like pick a fight and then Sco so like Scott Bayo uses his powers to to like fight those guys. Um which again nobody was like, Oh my god, you have power like you can control people with your mind? Because, like, it's hard to know if he was like controlling their limbs or like using his mind to control their mind. Um but it was well, so I think bad. He, he hit it a little bit there. Like, uh, he made Peyton, it looked like Peyton just, like, tossed that guy. Which, I mean, raises a whole different, then it should have been like, Peyton, you have superhuman strength? 
Um, because like Peyton had his hands on him and he kind of, you know, Scott Bayo then uses his mind to like throw the guy 20 feet in the air or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, yeah. well, and he, he, he hit it a little, but go ahead. Go and, ahead. Well, and he, uh, he, he, he quotes De Niro before he fights them. He like, does oh, the yeah. like, oh, taxi, yeah. And then everyone else around driver. is like, what are you, what are you doing? What, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, he's like, there's nobody else here. So you must be talking to me. And you're like, literally everyone else is there. Like, <laughs> like you're, you're not using this quote effectively. Um, so yeah, I wrote, I wrote down about that awful fight. Um, I wrote down about the lab sex, the, the, like, the weird, la- like, lab Really sex long scene. scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where'd they get that bed from? <laughs> yeah, why yeah. is that bed in the lab? What is happening? Why is the bed in the school? Did they bring that bed from home? Maybe it was from the nurse's office? Why not just go to the nurse's office? <laughs> no, let's do it in the lab. There's chemicals here. <laughs> I love that smell. <laughs> we, have, we have no chemistry. We must make our own. <laughs> God, that montage was so bad. It's the one scene where, like, he tries to kiss her and she, like, says no and he looks sad and then she jumps on him and it was just, just terrible. Terrible all around. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wrote down about the roulette in the frat house. Um, was that, who was the nerd guy? Was that guy from, like, Revenge of the Nerds? There was that Yeah, right? He cameo. was super familiar. I think the two of them, right? Yeah, it seemed it like they were a cameo friend. from another movie. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me, too. Uh, but that wasn't the guy, the, the scruffier guy wasn't the guy from Revenge of the Nerds, I don't think. I, the guy that seemed most familiar was the, the skinny guy with the, with with the, the high-pitched voice. Um, yeah. or, the, or the funny-pitched voice. Um, uh, you know, and I, I know Revenge of the Nerds a, was later, wasn't it? That was like 83, 84, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. So this was 82. I think this came out first, so it can't be Revenge of the Nerds anyway. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that guy has been a nerd in, like, every, you know, I, I mean, like, <laughs> he seemed like he made a career out of it in the 80s, being, being the nerd. Um, I don't know Maybe it was now. the thing, like, with that other, that, that other character he thought, you know, with the poem, you thought he was going to go somewhere or mean something, and it was just like, nope, he just, we're hoping this archetype register to laugh yeah they could have brought gary cooter back at the frat house they could have brought him back at the prom <laughs> anywhere anywhere why, anywhere why introduce him um yeah so i wrote that down um oh <laughs> when they when they get to the prom he he walks in and he gives her an orchid like he pins the orchid on her and he's like it's one of the ones that i grew and i was like finally the orchids like like the principal's been talking about these orchids the whole movie like finally this orchid thing pays off that was weird yeah that that was indeed weird uh god i I think why did the principal even want the orchids to show up his ex-wife yeah i mean it was it was all in there in in weird little nonsensical lines that made no sense like um i Somehow I thought, too, that, the, that him growing the orchids for the principal had something to do with why he had that private lab. Which is still completely nonsensical. And that then growing the orchids in the lab allowed him to grow pot for Peyton, I guess. Which then like allowed Scatman Crothers to burn the pot and have the hallucination scene. I, re- I guess really it was all for that. Maybe they just wanted to do that scene. 
and they shaped an entire movie around it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of thing that always used to drive me nuts about Saved by the Bell, too. It always seemed like the characters in these kinds of things during this time just had all kinds of free downtime during high school. I don't remember there being any downtime. It was just like, all right, go get the books and make it to the next class. You and went I was to 30. class more than I did. <laughs> I didn't know how to, how to get around going to class. There was always, like, somebody around to be like, you should be in class, go to class. I didn't go to class a lot. I had a lot of free time, but I did not have a private lab that I had access to with mice and scuba gear for the mice. Sean, did your, uh-huh. did your parents ever check your veins for track marks? Because I think if any of the three of us that applies to, it would have been you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I never did any drugs. It wasn't me. I didn't do any. The, uh, no. No, my parents were pretty cool. Just massive amounts of sugar. Yeah, yeah. Well, and sure. salt. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to blame my family for that one. The, uh, the only other thing I wrote down was, um, uh, so, uh, like, at the end of the movie, when, uh, when he, he rips all these girls' clothes off, and there's just, uh, breasts and bare bodies all around the prom of, like, people in various states of, of nakedness. Uh, like one of these like underage girls runs by Scatman Crothers <laughs> and he just like runs after her and tries to grab her and then the wife like you know tackles him and I'm like cool this is where we're at just just sexual assault <laughs> like like literally the geriatric coach is like running after an underage girl cool <laughs> here we go there we there it is that's the end that's what I got. <laughs> We need to pick a good movie. <laughs> Whatever we do next has got to be not terrible. No shit, Mr. Einstein! <laughs> there it is. <sighs> are, we, are, we, are we done with I, this movie? I don't have anything else to add. Yeah, I, no, I'm good. I want to put this behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to ask me what I recommend, I would say no. But I would also say... Don't bother. You won't be able to find it, and that's okay. <laughs> exactly. I recommend it doesn't matter. You can't find this movie anywhere. And thank goodness for that. Thank goodness. Uh, well, I guess it's about that time to start uh, discussing our um, options for numbers. Are we? So, oh, we're doing a number one. We're going to yeah, do a number right? episode. But we're, all, we're all good with doing numbers? Uh, yeah, let's do numbers. Nah, because like, you know, we did A through Z, but there's still a ton of movies that start with numbers. Like, legitimately start with numbers, not like... I have a number in it. Can't ha- do the whole nine yards. Yeah, or like I think there are some movies that that start with numbers, but the number the word is written out. But like, there's a lot that just legitimately start with digits. So I think it's I think it's worth doing it. And then after we're done with that, then we're done with the loop of the alphabet. We're ready to start back at A. Um, I will go first because uh, I don't know. My only backup option is a legitimately bad movie. So instead of even suggesting Three Ninjas, I'm going to go with uh, Three Ninjas Kick Back. <laughs> yeah, no, the third one with Hulk Hogan. Uh, no, I I have not seen this movie. I I do have specific memories of seeing at least most of it when I was a kid, but I don't think I've ever attempted to watch it as an adult. Uh, so I would very much like to watch 2001: A Space Odyssey. All right. So that's my father's favorite movie, and it's a great sci-fi movie. And the fact that you've never seen it is appalling to me. I've never uh, seen it as an adult. I have definitely seen it as a kid, but right. I don't. I've never gone back to it as as more than like a, a small child. 
So I have very few memories of it other than its countless pop culture reference references. And, uh, well, yeah. It's a legitimately good movie. Um, I am putting forth another movie I have never seen, but I think this one might be good. Uh, I haven't heard anything bad about it. I just never got around to it, and I've already forgotten the number. I'm going to say it's 1402. Anybody know from right? The, uh, the the Sam Jackson one, right? Sam Jackson, John Cusack, some sort of like... I think it's 1408. 1408. 1408. 1408. Okay, 1408. That's the one I'm going with. Uh, I remember when there was commercials that came out for it, I was like, oh, this looks great. I love these actors. This seems like a like a scary, suspenseful thriller-type movie or something, uh, maybe with a little bit of Twilight Zone mixed in. Like, I'm on board. Let's do this thing. And then I just never got around to it. So I would like to see that movie. So That's my number pick. 1408 is based on a Stephen King short story. Um, and the okay. short story is really good. I don't know that I thought the movie was great. Uh, oh, you've seen it? Okay. Yeah, but it was a long time ago. And... Um, I don't want that to color our, you know, I, I don't know, some, what, I don't know what to say. Like, I want f- it to be fair, but you, we all just said we should pick a good movie. And I don't know that I thought that was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, some of my favorite movies are, are based on Stephen King's short stories. When I say a good movie, how about I'll, I'll lower the bar and say, let's just not pick a terrible movie. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm worried that you guys might think that mine's a terrible movie. I, I, I warn you, I hadn't put a lot of thought into this until now uh uh usually i'm like pretty ready and uh, i guess i've been wrapped up in how bad this movie was i wasn't really thinking about the next one um but i i i do know i i do think i know what i want my pick to be um and uh yeah i don't think it's a thing that you would go wow paul would be into this movie but i did really like this movie um uh it was the first thing I think it was the first movie I saw on Netflix when when you got the discs mailed to your house. Um, And so this thing came in the mail and I watched it. And then there was one scene I probably watched like 10 times just because I was like, holy crap, Um, which was the the rap battle at the end of the movie. So uh, my pick is going to be Eight Mile. (laughs) Huh. I've never seen that one. Me neither. I've only heard good things about that movie. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't know that it would be in my wheelhouse to uh, suggest a, a, you know, a a pick that is sort of based on the real life story of Eminem, but I, I did think the movie was pretty damn good, so that's that's my pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I guess it's time for voting. All right, we're watching 2001: A Space Odyssey. That, All right. That is a, a good, good movie. movie. Society that, says it's a good that, movie. That should be uh, readily available. When you say society says you didn't like it? Uh, it's, I, I haven't seen it in a long time either. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, like, I know it's an important movie and that it's, uh, it, it um, sort of changed things as far as, like, visual effects and storytelling. But, like, I, probably when I saw it was in high school and I probably couldn't appreciate it. No, that, that, this, uh, well. Well, we'll get to it next week, but I, I think there's definitely some solid criticisms for certain parts of it, but in general, I think it's great. Oh, it's from 1968, so movie making has changed a lot since then. Uh, it is available on Max, which is used what? to be HBO, uh, <laughs> for streaming, and it's available to rent or buy on both uh, on Prime Video or just on Blu-ray and DVD. So this is a, this is a movie that is readily available 
Uh, I, I the, the thing that really fascinates me about this, which I don't think I ever saw, 2010 is a sequel to this, right? Yeah. That I had one of those records, like record storybooks of as a kid. And huh. that always had a weird, like I was always weirdly fascinated with it. I don't remember a damn thing about it. And I still have that record upstairs. I should listen to it. But, uh, yeah, this is a, this is an interesting experience. If I can get through this and 2010 by the next episode, I would be a I I I would be very interested to do so. But you'd have to stop editing sock puppets. Well, that's not going to happen. I can do two things at once. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. 2001: A Space Odyssey is how we're following up the back-to-back uh, Young Einstein and Zapped. Uh, <laughs> it should be fun. Right? I don't know. I, I remember so little about this movie. I'm I'm curious what I'm going to think of it, but... It's not really a fun jaunt, if that's what you're looking for. We'll make it a fun jaunt, Sean. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to bring the fun. Alright, well, uh, I don't have anything else, so I think it's about time to wrap this, uh, wrap this up. Theater Near You is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network, and if you'd like to get in touch with us to, to share your comments, movie suggestions, or just condemn us for bringing this movie into your life, uh, send us an email at mail at geekade.com. We can also be found in most social media outlets. <laughs> that just reminded me. Um, uh, when was it? So I asked Evan for these movies, and uh, when I mentioned Zapped, his reaction just cracked me up. I, I said, sir, can we get zapped on the Plex for this evening? And he said, absolutely fucking not. That's too far. I was okay with Yahoo, Yahoo Serious, but this is too far. I'll see what I can do. So remember, everybody out there, if you have hate mail for us, send it directly to Scott Bay. Because <laughs> he thinks this movie's good. We can also be found on most social media outlets and the official GK Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. If you'd like early access to this podcast and several others in the Geekade Podcast Network, check out the Geekade Patreon, linked to in the show notes. It helps keep this show running and our site shiny and clean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time in a theater near you. We'll be talking to you, Scott Bayo. Playing for keep shower dancing all night. They keep saying we're crazy.